Most of the readings for today, the second Sunday of Advent, are like a who's who of the great prophets of God. Baruch was writing as a scribe and friend of the prophet Jeremiah. Zechariah, in his beautiful canticle, prophesied about his son John. Luke quotes the prophet Isaiah, also foreshadowing the coming of John as the one crying in the wilderness. However, the gospel reading for today begins with a who's who of fairly infamous names from the first century, some of whom we will hear about again in Holy Week, one of whom we hear of every single Sunday when we recite the Nicene Creed, Pontius Pilate. These men are known by their commitment to violence and death, most specifically the deaths of both John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. These political brutes rule over the landscape and their subjects with harshness. But in spite of these urban villains, we read, The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Why the wilderness? Not in the temple. Or at one of the gates in Jerusalem where prophets traditionally gathered Maybe the wilderness was chosen to avoid the political landscape so heavily controlled by Tiberius, Herod, Pilate, and the boys. Or maybe this wilderness, this Eremos from the Greek, literally a desolate, uninhabited land, the best location to suit John's message of repentance. Prophets like John and Isaiah and Jeremiah bring messages from God. Often they are thought of as fortune tellers or predictors of the future. But what the prophets really do is speak the word of God, no matter what that word is. Sometimes it's welcome news, as with Zechariah. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Sometimes it's not so welcome with John, which we will hear next week. I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Luke's gospel which we study in this year's C, centers mostly on a theme of the great reversal. Lots of talk about valleys being filled, mountains laid low, crooked ways straightened, rough ways made smooth. In two weeks, we will hear this again with Mary's song, the Magnificat, where he has scattered the proud, cast down the mighty, lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry. 
Luke today uses the passage from Isaiah as a proclamation of preparation and a foreshadowing of John's message. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and mountain and hill made low. The crooked made straight, the rough ways smooth. John brings God's message of a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. That was John's role, to preach repentance. But not mere regret for past deeds. The Greek word here is metanoia, which means a change of mind and heart, a kind of inner transformation that bears visible fruit. Maybe that's just what we need now as we try to find our way out of this present wilderness or if we are destined to remain in it, where and how we can find God's presence in it. To what purpose? Remember God's promise of mercy so that all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Sometimes it's hard for God to find us and for us to find God. When we are surrounded by the comforts and discomforts, the distractions of this world, John, wild-eyed, locust-eating John, must have been a great bringer of God's message. So effective was he that many of the people believed that John himself was the Messiah who was foretold, and they followed him. But John knew his role. We'll hear more of that story next Sunday. But maybe that's why John's words hit us so hard today, so challengingly. John's prophetic words make clear what is required. A baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Where's the good news in that? The good news is an extension of John's message of repentance, believe it or not. When we repent of those things we have done and left undone, things said and left unsaid, we find forgiveness. The Greek here is aphesis, a release or letting go of our sins. God doesn't magically undo our past transgressions. God does unbind us from them. That opens a way for a life lived in God's service. Forgiveness lights for us a way back to that straighter, smoother path of which Isaiah and John both spoke. Salvation looks like a new dawn a way out of the darkness of whatever wilderness in which we find ourselves. The wilderness is not only a place where we are jerked from our comfort zones and challenged to hear God's harder words. It is also the place where the troubled, the hurting, the alienated, the angry, and the forlorn may hear a word of hope and renewal discover the possibility for rebirth and real change. That's the power of a word of hope. 
the assurance that all will be made new, the rough places will be made smooth, and the crooked shall be made straight. The promise of salvation is the light that reveals the path to real peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.